Welcome to our weekly, and I mean every week. Baruch Hashem. Wednesday night cheer. This Shabbos, we read Pashas Masai, the final Torah portion of the Chumash Bamidbar, Numbers, Book of Numbers. Shabbos Chazak, therefore. It's also Shabbos Mevarch Machedish with Bench. Going to bless the new month, Rishchedish, next week. Mirzah Hashem Monday. Habal in on the table, Rishchedish Menachem Ov. Tonight is Chav Vov Tammuz. Rishchedish Ov. As I said, next week is Shchedeshav. Shchedeshav is the only yard site mentioned in the Torah. The yard site being, of course, Arnakayin. Taylor tells us in this week's parsha Vayal Arin Api Hashem Arin went up according to the dictate of the Eivishter Vayam Hashem he died there Vayal Arin etc and the Torah continues to tell us when was this this took place Vachedesh Achamishi Bechad Achedesh the fifth month, the first day of the month, Rishchidosh. The Aaron ben Shlish Shalish v'Esim umas Shana b'Meisay. And Aaron was 123 years old when he passed away. Shalach Kadosh tells us all the cycle throughout the year is mentioned are mentioned. In the Torah, they mention also we have in Shulchan we have the Yom Tevim, the Rabbanon, the fast days, Tishabav, and we know that throughout the year, as a holiday or something comes about, it is connected with the Torah portion of that week.
So to tell us that the cycle of the year goes, of course, according to Teda, but not just according to Teda, but according to the cycle of Teda. As do the seasons of the year change, Yamim Tevim, fast days, etc., come about at certain times, not randomly, but rather with divine intervention. This is the Hashgach El Yena, that they come out during that time. The Tzemach Tzedek, the fourth Lubavitcher Rebbe, excuse me, the third Lubavitcher Rebbe, When it came for, comes to example, Pasha Nitzavim, this Pasha has to always be read, he says, before Rosh Hashanah. Nitzavim Hayyim Kulchem, we are standing, refers to the day of Rosh Hashanah. And therefore, each Pasha has a direct connection to the season. And therefore we can say as well, in our parsha, we find an open, blatant example to this, where it mentions the passing of Aaron HaKoyen. Because truthfully, if we go back to Pasha's Chukas, it also already mentioned the passing of Aaron HaKoyen. So why therefore does the parsha, this, this parsha now, need to again a parsha discussing the journeys of the Jews need to again elaborate about the passing of Aaron HaKayim. <coughs> Firstly, in Parshas Chukas, the mention of Aaron HaKayim is pretty much in a passing mention. Whereas in this parsha, in our parsha this week, he adds, first of all, how Aaron died, which was Api Hashem, which Rashi translates, was a Mises Neshika, the Almighty kissed him and took his soul. Secondly, it mentions when the yard site is, Rishchidosh Menachemov, and it was in the 40th year, the 5th month, the first day of the month, counting from Nisan, Nisan, Ir, Sivan, Tammuz, Av, Av is the 5th month, Thirdly, it tells us how old Aaron was that he passed away, 123 years, etc. So we see, therefore, the differences of mention in this parsha and in the mention of Parsha's Chukas of Aaron's passing. So one would ask, why does this parsha go to such lengths to elaborate? on what happened at the passing of Aaron, unlike in Pasha's Kukas. And we could say, therefore, the reason is because basically Pasha's Masai comes out the time of, as is written in the Teda, the fifth month on the first day of the month. As we see this year, it clearly comes out 
Shabbos Mevarchim Chedish Menachemov. I mean, Shabbos Mevarchim Chedish Menachemov. It is the day. Since Shabbos is the day, meaning is Baruch Bekulay Yemen. Shabbos is the day that all days are blessed, all days of the week are blessed from it. And since all days of the week are blessed from it, so much more so to say that you're blessing the month, we are literally blessing the new month, and therefore we see a direct connection with our Pasha. Unlike Pasha's Chukas, with the passing of Aranakayan. That's why it's mentioned here in our Pasha, not only Bashkacha Pratis. The Torah elaborates. And tells a story as well, or not the story, but the actual what transpired with Aaron's passing. <coughs> and the Torah says, "Vayomos Aaron." And he said, "Aaron passed away." Vayalar, excuse me. Aaron went up. Vayomos Shav. Vayishma Knani, and immediately the Knanim heard this. And came to go to war against the Jews. Rashi says, "Vayishma Knani Kan Limdacha." This comes to teach us, "Shemisas Aaron Hiashimua." When the passing of Aaron was heard, it was known "Shenestalka Anani Hakoved the Anani Hakoved," the clouds of glory left the Jews. Chazal tell us in Medrash, the Anani HaKovid were in the honor of Aaron HaKoyim. The Be'er, the Be'er was in honor, the water in other words, was in honor of Miriam Hanaviyah. And the Mun was in the honor of Mesha. What is it that connected each one of them to one of these commodities? The Mun, as you might know, was the food that sustained the Jews in the desert. Bet Ishdereehu, it was from Lechem, but it was Dachum Mitche. In other words, although it was bread, it didn't come to everybody the same way. The Tzaddik, the righteous one, found by his door ready made food. The man was edible. And as one diminished in level, the lesser the Jews' level was, the more preparation they needed to get and to prepare them on. 
in check for those who want to keep score at home. Sechtes Yuma, Ayin Hayam and Aleph, 75, side 1. The Be'er Amayim came in a way also of division. Not exactly everyone got received the same water delivery. It was given to each Nasi, each head of the tribe. He would then make his, his draw with his stick to his degel, to his camp, to his machne, and the water would come now from this stick that he, this line that he had drawn drawn on the ground. Each one, of course, had a different flow to it. The clouds of glory encompassed the entire nation. Even the ones that served idols everyone was under the Ananiya Kovit. There was no difference between one to the other. According to this, we understand, therefore, the direct connection with the Ananiya Kovit and Arna Koyin. Arna Koyin did not discriminate. Arna Koyin was known, as the Mishnah says, Pekiovis, the first chapter, Mishnah 12. Aaron was Eheves Habriois. He loved everyone. And therefore, as long as you are a creation of God, He had that special love for you. And we know it because when Aaron passed away, the Torah tells us, back in Chukas, the entire nation mourned his death. They cried for 30 days. And Rashi tells us, the nation refers to men, women, and children. Everyone cried. Rashi says, men and women. Because Aaron was the peacemaker. He was out there making peace between husbands and wife, between friends, etc. And he didn't, disc- he didn't discriminate who you were and what your issue is. And that's why the Ananiya Kovid, which encompassed the entire nation, was around in the honor of Arna Kayin. And that's why the people actually thought, the Kananim thought, that by the by the cloud of glory dispersing, perhaps the Jews were no longer united as they were under their Aaron's tutelage, and therefore perhaps they could be attacked. Chavvav Tammuz. A birthday. Not a common knowledge birthday, of course. It's nobody significant, perhaps, to you yourselves or to the listeners. 
personal issue is my father's birthday of blessed memory. Do we celebrate a birthday of a live person? The Russians have a custom the child's first birthday they make a tremendous big party. They drink like no tomorrow. I never got to the bottom of the custom. I can't explain to you what it's all about. But it's a custom. The one-year birthday. I'm sure it's not a Jewish custom. The one-year birthday party. Thereafter, in Jewish tradition, when the child, the boy, turns three, they cut his hair. Is that an actual birthday party? Not necessarily. But we do have the concept of the birthday cake, a birthday party. And therefore, people do ultimately celebrate birthdays. So let us say that we would celebrate a birthday throughout our lifetime. Do we continue to celebrate a birthday when someone passes on? Yes, because it's cake. We see that Chai El, the 18th day of the month of El, is marked as the Baal Shem Tov and Al birthdays. And it's a very special and holy day. Yud Beis Tamas, famous for the Friedrich Rebbe's birthday, and for his Chag so we don't really see it. Shadowed, under, it gets shadowed behind his Chaga Gaula. But Chai El, the Shnei Meiris Hagdelim, we don't say Tachnon. Chai El is a special day. It's the birthday of the Baal Shem HaKadosh and the Altarab. And where does this tie in? Let us take already the picture and say, okay, you pulled on a Shama out enough about this. Celebrate birthday when you're alive. You want to celebrate birthday for someone who's dead? Celebrate his birthday also. Shleim HaMalach says clearly, once a person passes away, we no longer look at his birthday. We now look only at his yard site. That is now his milestone in life, or death. So therefore, <laughs> so therefore, when we talk about a birthday, when we talk about somebody continuing the value of their days, of their lives, the levels of their neshama, of their soul, is there therefore a reason to celebrate a birthday? To celebrate a birthday after a person has passed away.
Let us try to look into our parsha, as we just mentioned, that the parsha tells us how we live with the time of the year. As the parsha this week is talking about the passing of Arin, and not coincidentally, but rather that being the time that Aaron Akayim passed away. So let us perhaps tie in a birthday of one that is no longer in this world with this week's Parsha. The Torah begins this week's Parsha, Eilem Mas Eibene Yisrael. These are the journeys of the Jews. Hayetzim in Mitzrayim that left Egypt. We've discussed this once. The popular question. Elamas Eibene Yisrael. These are the journeys of the Jews leaving Egypt. It was only one journey out of Egypt. After the first journey, after that first exit, the rest of the journeys were going en route to Israel, but they were already out of Egypt. We told the famous riddle which is discussed over and over of the rabbit in the ditch with the 19-rung ladder. And it's 19-rung ladder. Every day the ladder, the rabbit was in the bottom of the ditch trying to get out. Every day it climbed up two and fell down one. Therefore, how many days would it take for the rabbit to get out of the ditch? And we'll leave you to do the math and figure it out. But the bottom line is, once he gets out of the ditch, he's out of the ditch. And he's no longer climbing out of the ditch once he's out of it. So when we say, Masay b'nei Yisrael, Mitzrayim, the journey of the Jews left Egypt, they left Egypt in one shot. One journey out. Why, therefore, would it say, Plural. We find the Medrash <coughs> that says, Moshul, a parable, Lema Hadavar Doime. What is this equal to? Lemelech says the Medrash to a king, Shahaya bin Aichela, his son was ill. He didn't have the proper doctors and medical attention, medical help and assistance that he needed in his town, and therefore had to travel to another town to get the medical assistance. No. They went, and the child was healed. When they returned, on their return journey, the father, the king, started to tell his son, the prince, recapturing, revisiting each journey, each stop that they had made. The Omar he said to his son, Kan Yeshnanu, here we slept. Here we got cold. Here you complained of a headache. That is the mushal. And the nimshal says the Medrash 
So too said the Almighty to Moshe, Monalem Kalamakemes Hechen Hechisuni, the Kachnemar Elamasai. I want you to tell them to count off again to enumerate all the journeys, and therefore, and therefore, ultimately, this is Rashi brings this down as well. Therefore, ultimately, why the the Torah tells us about all the journeys. Now, obviously, the king and his prince passed the same landmarks on their return as they passed on the original journey. Where does this come, though, to the Jewish nation leaving Egypt and traveling to Israel? It was a one-way trip. But rather, the journey that the Jewish people took leaving Egypt, the word Mitzrayim also is the word Mitzorim, boundaries, restrictions. And therefore, The Jewish nation needs to take a lesson from this passage. There are many things that are obstacles that get in our way, that stand back, that hold us back from serving God. Our service to God is to get out of those boundaries. To not allow allow these spiritual restrictions to hold us back from doing what we need to do. So when one goes out of his spiritual restraint, one needs to know that this is not enough. Because his situation is that he already went out of Egypt. And therefore he constantly has potential to strive to go higher and higher and further and further. Therefore, the Taylor says, Masay, plural, to hint to us that also when one goes out of their boundaries, when one goes out of their Mitzrayim, even though that now they're on this much higher level already, and they've broken through so many restraints, and they've overcome so many obstacles, one needs to constantly be in journey and root and one constantly needs to bring themselves to a level higher and higher a person cannot say I've done enough the person needs to be a constant journeyman a mahalach a person cannot be an oimid cannot be complacent and stand on his place and say that's it I'm enough I've done enough each day The person needs to take stock and say, I did so and so much yesterday, today I'm going to do that drop more, and another drop more, etc., etc. But let us re-examine 
the actual parable that the Torah brought down. Because a parable is not just a story. And not just, <laughs> we told this already as well, the Dubna Magid is a very holy man. And he had a tremendous power, mentally or spiritually, call it what you'd like, to find a parable for every situation. There are different ways of explaining. Pshatrem, as Drushan said, there are different ways we explain a something, a piece of knowledge. We re, we give it over to somebody else for them to understand it. You can't understand, you can't obviously explain a very deep concept to a professor the same way you're going to explain it to a four-year-old or vice versa. So each one needs to have it in his own way, in his own translation. To be able to give a muscle for everything, you have to be brilliant. Because that is something that opens the eyes to everyone. The Dubna Magad had that power. For every situation, for every issue, he was able to find a muscle. And someone came to him once and said to him, Dubna Magad, how do you have a muscle for every single thing? The Dubna Magad smiled and said, I'll give you a muscle. I'll tell you a parable. This is a fellow came into the field once, and he saw an arch. Oh, archer! Oh, tremendous! A big lightning out there. He saw an archer mounting the arrow into the bow, drawing back his string, launching his arrow, and a little further down, maybe twenty, thirty, forty yards away, was the target. And in each target, there was an arrow exactly within, inside the bullseye. Right in the middle point. Now someone saw this. He didn't see the archer actually shooting the arrow. But he saw the archer with his bows and arrows. Hmm. Forgot about this. Yeah. He saw the archer, and he saw the bows and arrows. And he figured, put two and two together, that he put all these into the bullseye. He didn't want to break the concentration of the archer, but he saw he wasn't shooting anymore. So he went over, he pardoned himself, and said, Excuse me. Please tell me. What's your secret? I see that every target you have a bullseye. The archer smiles. And as you see over there, that bundle of hay, he says, yeah. He takes an arrow, and he puts it into the bow. And he pulls back, and he shoots the arrow into the bundle of hay. 
He promptly goes over with a can of red paint and paints a circle around the, the arrow so that the arrow is exactly in the middle of the target. Bullseye. The Dubin Magad said the same. First I shoot the arrow, I give the muscle. And after I give the muscle, then I figure how to fit it into the story, which was not true. It wasn't a lie, but it wasn't it was an untrue. When the Dubnamaga gave me muscle, it was exact and precise. So so too here, when Rashi is giving us this muscle from the Medish, telling us about these journeys of the king and the prince, etc. They need to be precise. They need to fit. So let us see exactly how they fit. First of all, Notice that he grieves only three journeys. One place we slept, one place we were cold, one place we got a headache. And these are referring, of course, being that as a parable, it's a muscle for the story, of the journeys leaving Egypt. Let us dissect a little bit this whole medrash. First of all, we know that the Jews took 42 journeys. They had 42 journeys until they arrived in Eretz Neshevas, the Holy Land. And here in the Marshal there's only three. And it doesn't even say after the three places are cited, it doesn't say etc. B'chulam just says these three. So how could these three journeys be a muscle for the 42 journeys the Jews had? So therefore we must say that they are generalized. These muscle, each journey of this muscle is a generalization of the journeys that the Jews actually took. Secondly, here we were cold. Here, you, here we were cold, and here you had a headache. He's referring to things that were unpleasant. So then, what is the concept of we here we slept? He's saying he's reminding him of all the unpleasant things that happened in the journey on the way to the doctor. Why, therefore, does he talk about, and here we slept? It's not an unpleasant thing. Thirdly, the first two journeys, here we slept, here we were cold, is plural, referring to the king and the prince. And the third one was only that he had a headache, the prince had a headache. We're going to have to say 
that the three journeys are hinted to the three first journeys that the Jews take as they leave Egypt until they arrive at the Red Sea or as they call it the Sea of Reeds The first journey was Meramses the Sukkais. They traveled from Ramses to Sukkais. The second was Sukkais to Esam. And the third from Esam to Piachires. When the Pasuk says, Vayisum is Sukkais, they traveled from Sukkot. Rashi explains, by Yom this was the second day. For on the first day, they came from Ramses to Sukkot. So after the first journey, the Jews spent the night in Sukkot. Which means, as it says in our Moshal, Visham Yishnanu. There we slept. When they went from Sukkot to Esam, the Pasuk tells us they traveled from Sukkot and they rested in Esam. And the Almighty. traveled before them, went in front of them with a beam of a cloud to make the road smooth. That's when the Anani HaKovet came in to to cover and to protect so that nothing should hurt and harm the Jews. Shamu Karnu Cold, we was geared. Then, when they went, they rested in Piachires. The first thing the Jews said, We would rather have served in Egypt than dying here in the desert. calculated complaint which they gave to Mesha you had the headache you used your mind you used your head therefore in essence the marshal Rashi tells us is a marshal to the first three journeys We know, Galtarebbe says in the Kutateda of Elamasi, that the hint of the 42 journeys is a way that we purify our service from the Midbar Amin. 
from the desert of the nations. Throughout our exiles, until we will come to Yardin Yerechai, which is the concept, Yerechai is the concept of Reach, of a beautiful smell. When we talk about Reach, we know that it's talking about Melech HaMashiach, because Mashiach is referred to as Melech Vadoyin. If you're looking and want to keep score at home, Besech the Sanhedrin, Tzadik Gimel Amit Beis, 93 side 2, where Mashiach is referred to as Melech Vadoyin. And at that point in time, we'll be totally nullified, Midbara Amin. The other nations, the anti-Semitism, etc., that we have from the other nations, the impurity will be wiped out, eradicated from the land. Had the Jews merited, Ilu Zachu Yisrael came in Shalom, Parsis Raglayim, Minayom, Hayunich Nasim Laaretz, the Sifri tells us in Chumash Devarim, if the Jews would have merited and they would have behaved themselves, as soon as they stepped out of the Yamsuf, they would have been able to go straight into the Holy Land. Therefore, from here we know that these three journeys coming to the Yamsuf, in every situation, even if the Jews would have merited, these three journeys would have taken place. Because these three journeys were prior to the Yamsuf. The journey after the Yamsuf, they would have gone into Israel, but the first three journeys would have taken place regardless. After the fact they were not Zeicha, they did not merit. They had to restrain, they had to stay in the Midbar, in the desert, through all the other journeys. Going from Egypt to Eretz Yisrael, the forty-two journeys we also count in these first three journeys. Had the Jews merited, as we said, only these three journeys would have been the journeys they had to take. So we see, therefore, that these three journeys, these three first journeys, are. A hint and are a basis of all the journeys, which is the actual journey of the person. The journey that a person has to turn the world over, the Midbara Amin, and to turn it into a Mokum Meshav Adam Eliyanashal Kisei, a place where the Almighty can rest his throne as will be in the time of Mashiach, So from the Moshe we find, and we learn, that the king was going with his son. And he was going to these places, and he returned the second time, one time on the way, en route to the doctor, and one time on the way back. At that point, the king shows his son and explains to him, Kan Yishnanu, Kan Hukarnu, 
And the example comes out in the actual Nimshon. When it comes to the Masayis of the Nishama, the journeys of the soul, which comes from the highest level to the lowest of the world. When a Jew goes from Golos and he involves himself in the Avedis Habirudim of elevating and purifying everything, we don't understand, we don't know exactly where these journeys are taking us. And the fact that he is in this exile, which he doesn't know anything about, it's all hidden, and God is hidden from us. The person is in blank journey, and just journeying blindly practically. However, when the journeys come to an end, our Father in Heaven will explain to us all the journeys we went, why we went to these places, what was going on here, I was angry at you, and here this happened, here this happened, so that we should understand what went on throughout our exiles, and understand the Chazde Hashem, the Chasodim, the kindness that God presented us. Which is of course, why this Shabbos is the Shabbos before the nine days. The nine days being such a sad time, such a sad moment. And we don't understand why all this happened, why all this transpired to us. So therefore, how can it come out that the Midbar, that it's the Masayis of Midbar Ha'amim, of the journeys of Golis, that we are actually having true Chesed of Hashem? Therefore, the marshal shows us that it was not forced. The journey was not forced. Hamelech the king took his prince with him. And the reason for the journeys was the refuasai, to heal him, as is the journeys throughout our gullus, to heal our soul, and so that we can elevate everything that needs to be elevated in this world. And the, Nish- the Almighty wanted, therefore, that the Nishamah should come down into this world. And the, the soul, the Holy Soul, should have freedom of choice to do good or to do bad, and it should be ubacharta bachayim and choose life. And that is the three things, the three concepts that are discussed here. The Nishamah is forced to go down to the world from a place that it's next to the Kisei HaKoved, Next to the Almighty's throne, and it goes down, it's sent. And it's sent to Hachayim Vahamovis Nasati choosing life and death. On the other hand, even in the place of death and of everything being so hidden to us, the Almighty obligates to give the Nishama also the choice and the, the capacity to choose life over death. A midah, an attribute that lights up godliness in that place, so that the neshama can ultimately choose out. And the Medish of course says, Bara b'midah sadin, rosh e'na ilam, miskayim, shitiv b'midah 
the Almighty wanted to create the world with Midas Adin. When he saw the world could not exist, he added Midas Herachemim. And thirdly, for the choice between good and bad, a person needs to, as obligated, that his animal soul, animalistic soul, has to also get involved. And see to it that his animalistic soul finds a reason why to exist and why to turn over the light and the life from God forbid the opposite. And that's the three places that I mentioned. Yishnenu, we slept. Sleeping is one sixtieth of death. During sleeping, the person's seichel goes away. A person doesn't concentrate during sleeping. Which this hints to the condensing of godliness. Almost comparison to Mavis. Kanukarnu is a place where it was in Tzimtzum totally, but the Almighty mixed in the concept of compassion. And made cold all the stringencies and restrictions. And ultimately, you, your seichel of your nefesh Bahamas, your intellect of your animalistic soul, that a person is given to think, maybe I could choose death after all, maybe I could do things that are not necessarily spiritual all the time. Although the Almighty has put into it compassion to everything, as far as God is concerned, everything is in place the way it should be. It is you, my friend, you, the human being like us, in this singular form, not uh, with the King Himself. And therefore the ultimate journeys are all good and spiritual and pure. And the king is taking us through these journeys so that we be healed. So even the prince, Rahman al is not well. And he makes a mistake. He makes a wrong choice. He does something that's not good. It's only so that he should ultimately be healed. He should return with Chuvel Yena. And when a person does pure tshuva, repentance, Zdainais Nasalei Kizachiyais, the Gemara tells us, if you're keeping score at home in Yuma, 86, side 2. The actual Aveda, the actual sin, becomes a merit for him when he repents. <laughs> Not only here ends forth, but to begin with, the sin that he had done no longer exists, becomes eradicated. And this will all be the ultimate revelation of Mashiach Tzadkenu. Then, v'hayu chezrin v'yizgala k'tzeis ha'shemesh b'gurasoi will return again, like the Prophet says, the sun coming out of its strength, and everything will be good, tev v'chesed, and eid ha'shem can't have to be. And this will all be because of mamish. We look, therefore, at the journey of the soul. 
When a person is born, they make him swear that he'll be a tzaddik and not a rasha. But the person has that choice throughout his life. Will he be a tzaddik? Will he be a rasha? How will he act and how will he be and what will he ultimately do? What his accomplishments will be? But each year, I celebrate my birthday. And I say, okay, I'm a year older now. What are you smiling about? What are you so happy about? Are you fully accomplished? Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? Do you even know what your mission is yet? That you're so happy and you're celebrating? And therefore each year, each year, the person gets older and they don't know what they've accomplished and what they really should accomplish, what they could have accomplished and would accomplish. It's only after the person passes away that we see on his birthday, how wonderful that you were born and brought into this world because look what you've accomplished. Look what you have done for society. Look what you have done for godliness in this world. And therefore, yes, after the person passes away, although Shleim HaMelech tells us that the day that counts now is the Yorzeit, the day of his passing, but in essence, we celebrate, we can now truthfully celebrate the birthday. Because now we can say, you took the journeys, you made the journey, you made the trip, and you accomplished what you needed to accomplish throughout your lifetime. And now that we see, now that you've passed, now that you've left this world, and you left the legacy that you left behind, we see how much you actually accomplished. Very quickly in Hilchus Beis Habachira, it is a mitzvah, I might just bring down one little mitzvah. It's a mitzvah stationed guards around the temple, there were 24 guards, three of them were Kahanim and 21 were Levim. They needed to say they had to stay awake. The guards of Levim were on the outside because they were not allowed to be inside. They had to stay awake. If God forbid a Levi fell asleep, when the Ish Harabayis, when the supervisor came around and he would ask, he would tell him, Shalom, and he did not answer him. I said this last week? Oh, that he took him and he beat him and he made him, okay. Um, the end of Chumash Bamidbar. Bamidbar, as you mentioned, is the fourth book. We look at numbers. The number one is unity. God is one. The number two is division. If there are two entities, one is one thing, one is the other. The number three sometimes can come along and stabilize one and two. Although one and two are a contradiction to one another, one is, as we said, unity, and two is division. But number three can sometimes come along and make a harmonious connection. But it's still 
slightly incomplete. It's a nice, it's a balance, a proper balance, but not perfect yet. The level of perfect integration is number four. Four legs to the table, four legs on the animal, no, four legs to the table or to a chair. That holds it all down. That keeps it stable, that keeps it substantially firm. And that's why the fourth book is finished now in the time of mourning of the temple because this is something that can bring the end to the exile and it brings the few, the true and final redemption in a harmonious fashion it harmonizes our personalities in a four-like manner and then we'll enjoy a permanent redemption because it's built on a steady foundation and as we know we said this many times before, Ayarden Yerechoi, and we said before also, Yerechoi refers to Mashiach, which is the concept of the Reach. But the Arveis Mayov, Arveis is also a lotion of Arrevus, guarantors, Mayov of our fathers, that the Tera. Begins, which happened by Sinai, the Tater was given to us, and was given to us because the children were given as the guarantors, and therefore, referring to the light that the children illuminate, and that the Tater will illuminate by us, by our children carrying on the flame, carrying on the torch of Tater. And that's therefore the connection of the beginning and the end of Chumash Bamidbar. And may we see Taka the true light of Mashiach Tzitkenu and Yehovchu Yom Elu, the Sosoin, or the Simcha. This very Shabbos to be in Yerushalayim, Yerakedesh, Shabbat Shalom to all.